This podcast is brought to you by The City Church in Mississauga, Ontario. For more information, please visit thecitychurch.ca. We hope you are encouraged by this message from our lead pastor, Frank Coulter. We had a good year here at the City Church. I have a question for you as we finish out 2018 and we move into 2019. Are you glad to be alive? You know what? We, uh, we take life for granted because we live it. We don't actually think about it many times. You know, this time last year, we have actually, uh, we're, we are stuck in a star's orbit. Did you realize this? Do you know that the sun is a star? We are, it's, it's, we're going to teach you some lessons this morning. And we have been in the Earth's, the, the sun's orbit for the past 365 days, and we're back to where we were 365 days ago in the sun's orbit, this big ball of gas in the sky. And we live on a blue planet, the only known inhabited planet in the galaxy, people. Okay, nobody's with me this morning. <laughs> At all. Do you understand this is a really big deal? That life is a really big deal? That life is this big gift? Do you know that the earth is rotating 30 kilometers a second? And we don't even have to hang on. Thank God for gravity. Thank God for physics. It's a big deal. Life is a really big deal. And we get to live it. We get to, we take it for granted so many times. We, we take it for granted that we are floating in the universe. The Milky Way galaxy, listen to this, is rotating over 800,000 kilometers an hour. Okay, some of you are just not grasping any of this this morning. Like this is a really big deal that we are alive and we get to live life. And we get to breathe, we get to have families, and we get to have jobs and mortgages and all of these wonderful things that we get to have. And so as we move into 2019, I want all of you to be excited about life. And one of the things I would like you to do as your pastor, one of the things that I would encourage you to do is to, on purpose, come up with a Bible reading plan for yourself, all right? So if everybody has their phone or your device, please take it out. I know you're always on your phone. Hey, look at you guys who put your phones away while I'm preaching. I'm so proud of you. Let's open up our YouVersion Bible app. If you don't have the YouVersion Bible app, it's available on all platforms. You can go to your app store or whatever your device's store is called, and you can download the YouVersion Bible app. Let me encourage you to do this um, if you haven't done so already. So has everybody got your YouVersion open? Has everybody got your YouVersion open? All right, so at the bottom there, it says plans. So click on plans. Now, in the past, we've given out pieces of paper that have encouraged people, you know, maybe to read through the Bible in the year or the New Testament or really big uh, portions of Scripture. Um, and that could be a very daunting task to do that. Now, if you don't see, because what happens, you, you start to read the Bible for a year. It's, it's quite a few chapters every day. And if you get behind a couple days, you feel like you could never catch up. And then you feel guilty because you didn't read the Bible and you think God is mad at you because you didn't fulfill your promise to read through the Bible in a year. So I don't want you to do that. If you don't feel like you can read through the Bible in a year or you don't feel like you can read through the New Testament in a year, on you version here, there is tremendous uh, resources, Bible reading plans. Now, if you're there, you can just... Um, they do it through topic, you know, 
The first one, I'm sure it's the same on yours, is fasting. Getting ready to move into January, you probably ate a lot of food in December. Fasting is a very good idea. We're actually going to be doing a series uh, in the new year talking about prayer. So if you feel like you need to do some Bible reading on fasting, there's there. There's next one is marriage, dating, new to faith, through the Bible, work, leadership, prayer, forgiveness, faith, uh, divorce, addiction, worship, women, men, youth, kids. So there's all of these Bible readings, uh, these plans, depending on where you are at in life. And I would, let me encourage you to choose one. Now, some of them are devotional. Some of them are four days. Some of them are seven days. Some of them are month-long plans. So pick one that, that shoot, suits your lifestyle best. Now, if you do pick a four-day plan... Don't make that the only plan that you pick in 2019. Make, you, make sure you pick some others. And what's great about the Uversion as well is that when you turn to the scripture, you can also listen to it instead of you just having to read it, which is great, especially if you're an auditory learner. Uh, you can press play and you can put some headphones on and you can listen to the scripture. But then let me also encourage you to sometimes get out your physical Bible and, and, and just read along with what is... Uh, prescribed in the plan so um, and then you can check off where you're at and complete that and when you can complete something that you can go on to the next thing but let me encourage you all of us should be growing we should be wanting to grow in our faith in 2019 and the way we're going to do that is by exposing ourselves to god's word that's what the bible is that's what the scripture is is god speaking to me and so god will speak different things to different people in the room because they're at different places in life and as we read through the stories of the scripture, we can see uh, what God would be showing us for our lives. So make sure you pick some sort of Bible reading plan uh, for 2019 as we start out the year. So as we showed there on the video, um, some of the things that we accomplished as a church in 2018, I just wanted to go over um, some of those things and give you some specifics of what we did as a church family in 2019. So if you're new, uh, you get to hear what we've done. And if you're part of our family, our, our city church family here, you can celebrate along with us. Um, but, you know, nothing happens without people giving their time, talent, and treasure here at the city church. Um, people investing um, in every sense of the word what goes on here for us to be able to preach the gospel as a church family for us to be able to do good things in our city in our region and in our country uh, the greatest thing that we that we would say we accomplished this year is we baptized 18 people 18 people going public with their faith so that's super exciting for us as a church family, and we, we expect to do that uh, also again in 2019. And then also our city team volunteers, uh, the people that make uh, services happen um, here every Sunday in kids and youth and production and in the lobby and the ushers and all the different places that people serve during the week. Now, this is a very modest number I'm going to give you right now. It's, it's actually very hard to calculate how many hours are uh, city team members have served in 2018. But a very modest number is that it's over 8,000 hours. So great. And so I want to thank all of you city team members for serving so faithfully every week. And, and you know, this is not a closed group. It's not a closed club. It's, the doors are wide open. So if you want to get involved in serving uh, in 2019, if this is your church home, we encourage you to do that. Um, one of the things that we also get to do financially as a church family is that we give out grocery gift cards to help uh, families in need. 
And, and so if we, we know a family is going through maybe a difficult financial time, we're able to uh, give out some grocery gift cards so they can use their resources for other things uh, just, just to be a blessing to them. So we've been able to assist many, many families in 2018. And this is not something we would ever do publicly to embarrass anybody. Um, but this is one of the things that I would ask you as, as the pastor. You know, sometimes when people are struggling financially, they don't necessarily want to volunteer that information. But if you know somebody that's going through a hard time and then could actually use some help, some gift cards from, for some groceries, please come and let me know. And we can see if we can give assistance to those families. So that's something that you get to do every year. Um, Eden Food for Change, that is the food bank here in our postal code. And we give to them financially every month. And then also all of the groceries that we receive in the lobby, in that box in the lobby, all of that goes to Eden Food for Change. So we partner uh, with them. Also, Samaritan's Purse, we give to them financially every month. Uh, Samaritan's Purse is, a, uh, is an international relief organization. So they were always some of the first responders if there's ever um, earthquakes or uh, tsunamis or forest fires or any type of natural disaster like that. Um, Samaritan's Purse is set up to go into those places. They have some people that work for the organization. They also have some volunteers that go in and set up and provide assistance in Jesus' name. So we support them as a ministry. You support them as a ministry um, every month. We also support Christians Against Poverty, and they are a debt relief organization. So they do debt counseling, help people get out of debt. They help people move out of poverty. They help people move out of unemployment. And all of these things happen uh, within the context of the local church. So we support them. Good News Ministries, Pastor Morrow, that preaches here every July. Um, their ministry to Italy and to Europe, they translate books and they they do ministry events they have a bible school or two i think they have two bible schools they also support pastors in many different ways so we support them and then ark canada which is a uh, church planning organization so far to date ark has planted 16 churches within canada and they also provide uh, support for pastors and training for pastors so we are also um, involved in that organization we've done many serve events throughout the year where we just go out and we get a team of people here from the church and we just go out and do good things in our community. We've um, partnered with Habitat for Humanity, gone and worked in their store. Uh, we've done a couple events at Eden Food for Change. The staff has done an event there. Um, and then also we did a fresh food drive with Eden Food for Change. We've done tree planting for the city of Mississauga, the Open Door. Uh, one of our events was at the Open Door. That's there at Square One. Um, interim Place. Our women's conference that we had this year uh, sponsored interim place, and they assist abused and at-risk women. So the resources that we received at Crown Conference went towards um, interim place. And then one of our city groups that I, I want to bring your attention to, I got a picture. So this is actually our knit and crochet city group. Now, that's my mom over there um, on the far left. She's kind of the ringleader of this group. And so what happens... In this city group is two things. There's knitting and there's talking. And that's pretty much all they do. They get together about once a month. And let me just show you what the, they have produced this year. So they, they knit all of these items. Now, I asked her earlier in the year, and she didn't seem to know how many things that they had knit. But she said it's over 100 things. But I, the comment that I would have about this amount of items, in previous years, they've actually knit more items. So, Mom, I think what's happening is there's too much talking <laughs> happening and not enough knitting. 
So all of us in 2019 want to see this pile be a little bit larger. Please. But all of these items uh, went to Halton Women's Place, uh, which is a women's shelter um, in Milton and serving the Burlington area. And all of the items that went to the women's place were hats, scarves, sweaters, blankets, and bibs for children. Something that we like to do as, as the city church is to be a blessing to other churches, to other pastors. And so we've had a, a couple different things that we've done this year. We actually helped plant a church in Columbus, Ohio. Jordan Smucker was here. Um, he is the pastor of Ethos Church in Columbus, and we gave him an offering to be able to help plant his church there in Columbus. Uh, we hosted something called a leadership roundtable when approximately 40 different church leaders came in, and they, were, they had a day of training and teaching and encouragement, and we fed them. When they were here, um, ARC, as we mentioned, the church planning organization that does support for pastors, we hosted two events here at the city church during the week to be a blessing uh, to the pastors. And over 70 church leaders um, combined came to those two events. And then also we had a youth pastors event um, just this fall. And over 30 youth pastors came uh, for us to be able to encourage youth pastors. Now, I was a youth pastor for 13 years, and I know that youth pastors need a lot of encouragement. So we just brought them in on a morning, uh, just gave them some teaching. We fed them a little bit just to encourage them and thank them for all the hard work they do. And then also our Love is Red event. We had eight other churches come to that event so that we could be a blessing to those churches. And when we bless those churches, we bless those cities. So that's one of the things that we want to continue to do as a church family. And then finally, certainly not least, though, uh, we have over 30 children sponsored through World Vision Canada uh, from families here in the city church in a very specific region in the Philippines. So I want to thank you for all of your generosity in 2018. All right, so let's get to our message today. Today we had called the message, Remember and Forget. So unless you're on your version Bible app now, you can put away your phone. Unless you're taking, you know, don't download any games right now, all right? Uh, so we're going to be talking about remembering and forgetting. Now for 2018, uh, some of us had the best year. We had an exciting year. We uh, accomplished a lot of things. Maybe we had some great things happen in our career. Maybe some great things happen um, in our family. And then maybe for some of you, 2018 was a really difficult year. A really hard year. Maybe some struggles. Maybe some struggles financially or physically or within the context of your relationships. Or maybe you lost a loved one. And you, and you would look at 2018 and some of us could say, you know, this was my best year ever. And then some of us could be like, good riddance to 2018. I never want to see you again. I'll be happy to see you in my rear view mirror. But ultimately, for all of us, um, 2018 is going to be a mixed bag of things. There's going to be some successes, some things that we can look at and celebrate and be excited about. But then we also, because we live life on this earth, this wonderful blue planet, that's floating around the Milky Way galaxy, there is difficulties living on this planet. So we have a bit of both. As a church family, you know, every year as a church family, we, we, have, we have different things happen to families in the, in the context of church. You know, we have wonderful things happen. People get married and people have babies. And then also people go through difficult times and people lose loved ones. And we do weddings and funerals all in the same year as a church family. And life is like that in many different ways. Now, regardless of what happened in your 2018, what we're talking about today is that we need to forget about it. 
We need to be prepared to move into 2019 and be excited about 2019 and get excited about our new orbit around the sun. That some great things can happen in our lives in 2019, regardless of what our 2018 looked like. That we need to forget it. We need, we need to forget it and be ready to move on with life. Leave certain things. Thank God for the successes. Be grateful for those things, but get ready to move on in God. So let's turn over in our Bibles this morning to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. So all of you got the U version. App, you can look at it right now and you're happy. You don't have your physical Bible. 2 Corinthians chapter 3. We'll be reading from the NIV. And it says this. Therefore, since we have such a hope, we are very bold. So the Apostle Paul was writing to the Corinthian church and he talks about this life of following Jesus. And then hope has to do with our future. That we can have an expectation about our future. We can have an expectation about our 2019 because of our relationship with God. And that says this, we are very bold. We are very bold to say something about our future, to have an expectation about our future. And then he says this, verse 13, we are not like Moses who would put a veil over his face to prevent the Israelites from seeing the end of what was passing away. Now what's being described here is Moses, he went up on the mountain, he got the Ten Commandments, and he came back, and he was glowing with the presence of God, so he would cover his face because people couldn't stand to look at him. So in other words, they, had, they couldn't be exposed to the presence of God. We aren't like that in the New Covenant, Paul was saying. Let's continue reading. Verse 14, but their minds were made dull, for to this day the same veil remains when the Old Covenant is read. It has not been removed because only in Christ is it taken away. That we can expose ourselves to the goodness of God. We can expose ourselves to the glory of God. We're not living under the old covenant. We're living under the new covenant. Because Jesus has come that we can actually have a relationship with God. And we can expose ourselves to the presence of God. We don't have to be afraid of God. We don't have to be uh, afraid of God's presence in our lives. Verse 16. But when any... Whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the spirit, the Lord is the spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So this is one of the things that we need to think about our 2019, that we have freedom in God for 2019. Now that doesn't mean freedom to waste our lives and, and just to give our lives to sin and to waste all of our resources and waste our physical nature and just, you know not care about our relationships. No, that would be a waste of our freedom. That we actually have this freedom in God to live the life that we were intended to live, that God has placed us on this spinning blue planet for a reason, for a purpose. And he's given us freedom to walk this relationship out. We don't have to cover our face anymore from God. We don't see ourselves as separated anymore from God. But no, I can with open face look and understand who he is. And understand the purposes of God for my life as I gaze at Christ. As I gaze at who God is, my Lord, my creator. He knows what he's placed me here for. So as I look at him, I can have freedom in Christ. Verse 18. And we all with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory. Are being transformed into his image with ever 
increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. So what, what is happening with the Spirit of God in our lives? What is happening? The scripture says here that we are being transformed to his image with an ever-increasing glory. One translation says from glory to glory. So what my expectation is for all of us is that we're not going to remain the same in 2019 as we were in 2018. Why? Because we're exposing ourselves to the glory of God. Now that word might be a little bit blind to us. What does glory mean? Glory means the weightiness of God, the honor of God, the brightness of God. As we spend time in his presence, as we spend time reading the scripture, as we spend time coming to church, that we are on purpose exposing ourselves to the glory of God. And then what's happening? We're moving from glory to glory. So in other words, 2018 was this, but then in 2019, I'm going to be stepping up. I'm not going to be remaining the same. I'm going to be understanding who God is more and more. So in one sense, my 2019 is going to be different because I'm going to be growing up. I'm going to be moving more and more into the image of Christ as I expose myself to who he is. As I start to understand more and more about the character and nature of God, that God is moving us forward. See, when we, when we think about life sometimes, like we read there, it said, contemplate the Lord's glory. See, if we don't contemplate the Lord's glory, sometimes if, if we had a bad 2018, we could just think this is our fate. This is my life. This is my lot in life. I had a bad this go on and this bad thing went on and this difficult situation happened and I guess this is just who I am. No, but the scripture is telling us to contemplate the Lord's glory, not stick ourselves in a category with your words and with your thoughts and with your actions. Well, I guess this is this is my lot in life. And this is I, I guess I'm just one of those people that has it bad all of the time. And I guess, you know, I'm just going to expect the same negative thing that happened to, to happen in 2019 that happened in 2018. No, we need to contemplate the Lord's glory and then. On the other hand, if we had the best year, we had the best year we ever had in 2018. So many things went right for us in 2018, and my good things outweighed my bad, you know, by so many, and it was just like such a great year. It was my best year ever. I'm excited for you. I'm happy for you. I celebrate with you. But if this was your best year effort ever, it's all downhill from now on. Don't limit your life. Don't limit your expectation by saying this was my best year ever. No, God is increasing us from glory to glory. He's taking us forward. He's taking us forward in steps. So don't set yourself in this terrible, faded, negative attitude. Well, I guess this is who I am. And don't be like, oh, this was, how could it get better than this? Both extremes are bad. Don't get stuck in either place. 2019 is a brand new year with brand new victories, brand new things to experience, brand new blessings of God to take hold of. This is what God has for each one of us. The Apostle Paul discussed this idea in Philippians chapter 3, this, this possible notion that we could get satisfied or we could stay exactly where we are. You never want to get satisfied. You never want to think you've achieved everything and you never want to get stuck 
somewhere. So the Apostle Paul talked about this. Let's turn over there to Philippians chapter 3. And he says this, For it is we who are the circumcision, who we serve God by his Spirit, who boast in Christ, and who put no confidence in the flesh. So I'm not putting confidence in my own accomplishments and what I can do and what I can think and what I can imagine. His idea is we're going to put our confidence in Christ. Now listen to what he says. Though I myself have reasons for such confidence. Now Paul says, you know, I'm not putting trust in my flesh, but I, Paul is saying, I could have confidence in myself. My 2018 was so great. My, it was amazing. I achieved so many different things. We could just have confidence in and of ourselves. But listen to what he says. He kind of gives us his resume about how good he is. If someone else thinks they have reasons to put confidence in the flesh, Paul says, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of the Hebrews in regard to the law. In other words, he was very educated. He was one of the most educated men of his day, people would say. And, and thank God for education. You know, young people, go and get as, as much education as you can. I know you think you're smarter than your parents so far after one and a half years of university, but you aren't yet. You've got a long way to go. The Paul is saying, hey, I was a Hebrew of the Hebrews. According to the law, nobody had it better than me. I accomplished all of these things. As for zeal, persecuting the church, as for righteousness based on the law faultless. So Paul is giving us his resume as an individual. You can get stuck there. You can get stuck in the glory of your own accomplishments, in the glory of your own mind. But the glory of God is greater. The glory of God is worth more than our own personal glory. Not just living for ourselves, not just living for what we can imagine and do, but living for the glory of God. But listen to what he says. After all of that, all of the things that he did, all of the things that he accomplished, all of his noble birth. But whatever regains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. Now, that doesn't mean he's wishing he was uneducated. That's not the point of what Paul is saying. He's like, I have all of this. But... There's, there's something about living for God that's completely different. See, young people, listen. This idea, this notion of living for God, ultimately what it means is it means uh, not living for yourself. That there is something greater. There is a greater purpose to live for than just you. There has been millions, I would say billions of people who have already proved that living for only yourself doesn't work and it doesn't satisfy and it's not enough. This is what Paul is saying. He's, he's, he's trying to, he's, he's crying to us from the future. He said, listen, I, I was born and I was born in the right place and I did all the religious things. I did all of the perfect religious things and I was a Hebrew of the Hebrews like I was the highest educated person in my group. According to the law, faultless. And he said all of that is different than living for the sake of Christ. Having this understanding of what life is all about as it, as it comes from my creator, as it comes from my God the Father who created this universe, 
who created this planet and put it in orbit in the sun. It's amazing. It's a ball of gas in our sky, people. It's round. Are you, it's just not blow your mind like, yeah, the sun. Yeah, it's the sun. It's a ball of gas. It's a ball of gas. There's no matter up there. Do you get it? This is crazy. God placed it all up there. Living for the one who created all of that is better than living for myself. This is what Paul is saying. Verse 8, what is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. See, he brings it all down to this relationship, this relationship that I have with God himself. Not relationship with religion. Not just my religion is better than someone else's religion. This is not the point of what Paul is saying, that I would actually know God for myself. Paul is saying, I know all of this, but that I can actually know him. I can know the purpose of my creation. I can know the reason why I'm here. This knowledge of Christ. For whose sake I have lost all things and consider them garbage that I may gain Christ. And I may be found in him not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law. But that which is through faith in Christ Jesus. The righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. I want to know Christ, yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. That we would experience the resurrection power of Christ in our lives. That we would experience that power, the same power that raised up Jesus from dead. I can live out in that power in 2019. But in the context of suffering, in the context of I am identifying with Christ. See, everybody wants a resurrection, but nobody wants to die. See, and partly what we're dying to, figuratively, is we're dying to ourself. We're taking ourselves off the throne of our lives. We're not smart enough, Paul is saying, even though I'm the educated of the educated. God, the creator, the Lord, he is the wor- he's the one worth living for. His way of thinking, his way of life, what he has for me to do, this is what it's all for. Verse 12, now listen, this is great for New Year. Not that I have already obtained all of this or have arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, everybody say one thing. Forgetting what is behind. I am going to forget about 2018. Doesn't mean extricate it from my memory. It's like I got to move on past 2018. And what am I doing? I am straining toward what is ahead. This is how to live. Not getting stuck in our past. Not getting stuck in our successes or our failures or our disappointments or the negative things that happened to me. It's one thing I do, Paul said. I'm going to forget 
all of what's behind. I am going to strain forward. I am moving forward. This is what makes life exciting and worth living. That we are moving forward, not getting stuck. Not holding on to the past, the good or the bad. I'm moving forward in Christ. I am moving forward in God. This one that he has given me a relationship with himself. That his knowledge becomes my knowledge. That his glory becomes my glory. That he's taking me from glory to glory. This is how, this is what Paul is saying so we don't get stuck in our own self and our own accomplishments and our own life. That we would, our, our life would transcend into what God has for us. All of us then, I love, now Paul says all of that and then he comments on what he says, which I love. He says, all of us then who are mature should take such a view of things. In other words, he's like, everybody actually should think like this. And then he says, if on some point you think differently, that too God will make clear to you. I love it. He's like, if this is not clear, God will make it clear. But there's no other way to live except this. That's what Paul is saying. If you're mature, this is how you're going to think. I'm not just going to live for myself. Because we can all produce a resume, right? Here, this, and I'm this, and I'm this. I'm like, great, fantastic, love it, amazing. But let's not get stuck there. Let's not get stuck in ourselves because we are not enough. We are not enough on our own. But God gives us what we need through his glory, through Christ, that he's calling us to live this life. So what does the gospel do for us? What does Jesus do for us? So this message today, it's about you and it's about Jesus. So what does, in very practical terms, what does the gospel do for us if we live a gospel-centered, Jesus-centered life? And we should as we move into 2019. What does the gospel do for us? The gospel constantly lifts us up. In the gospels, Jesus tells these parables. He tells these stories and he's, it's always on the Sabbath day. And he, he tells it like this. If you, if you have an animal that's fallen into a hole on the Sabbath day, don't you pull the animal out? Why? Because the animal needs saving. And in the story, we're the animal. And what is this telling us about the kingdom of God? That God is always lifting us up. God is always reaching down to us and lifting us up. God is always reaching us down to us. And here's salvation. I'm pulling you up. God is always reaching down to us. Hey, you need the Holy Spirit reaching down to us, filling us with his spirit. Reaching down to us, lifting us up out of our difficulties. Lifting us up out of a hole that sometimes we dig ourselves. Has anyone ever dug a hole for themselves and then fell in it? You're in that hole. God reaches down to you in a, into a self-inflicted hole. And he lifts us up. God reaches down to you in a hole that somebody else placed there for you. That you fell into somebody else's mistake. God reaches down and he lifts us up. This is what God is doing for us. This is what God does for us on a constant basis. This is what God will do for us every day of 2019. He's lifting us up simultaneous with that. The gospel humbles us. It reminds us that it's only by the grace of God that we have a relationship with God. It only comes as a gift. 
that we only have life, we only get to live on this spinning blue planet in the middle of the Milky Way galaxy because of God's grace. It's a gift. It's a gift that you get to breathe. It's a gift that you get to think. It's a gift that you get to live in Canada. It's all a gift. It should humble us. It just be like, God, this life is such a gift. It's so wonderful that we get to eat food. How amazing is it? We get to eat it and taste it. Think about that. God could have just made it that we ate food and we got energy, but it didn't taste like anything. Think, think about that at lunchtime. As you go to pick something, why you're going there? Because you want to taste it. Taste buds are a gift. You didn't make your taste buds. They are from God's grace. It should humble us to no end. This is what the gospel does for us. Here's something else that the gospel does for us. It affirms us. It tells us that we are unconditionally loved. Unconditionally loved because of the character and nature of God. Because He is love, you are loved. Not because of how amazing you are, how amazing I am. Think about that. Love without condition. No conditions on it. What is human love like? Well, my Instagram post was not good enough. They swiped right past it. They didn't click the love heart. I didn't qualify for their love. This is how life works. But God's love is beyond. It's without condition. It comes from his nature. And that love should affirm us. The gospel challenges us to not stay the same. Jesus has called us to be disciples. In other words, we would grow and change, that we would not get stagnant, that we don't get stuck in what happened in 2018, that God is moving us forward, that he's causing us to learn and to grow and to go from glory to glory. Glory to glory. He's challenging us to become more Christ-like. This is what the gospel does for us. And because of all of those things, the gospel causes us to be grateful. That we could be spinning on the earth at 30 kilometers a second and feel no ill effects. Are you not grateful for that? Are you not grateful that God sent Jesus to the earth so that we wouldn't have to be eternal, eternally separated from God. That we could actually know the love of our creator. Are you grateful for that? That we are lifted and affirmed and humbled and challenged. See, gratefulness, Oprah didn't dream up gratefulness, people. You know, Oprah tells everybody to have a grateful journal. It's great, it's a good idea, but God... God, the existence of God causes us to be grateful. That we can live a grateful life, not an entitled life, not the I deserved it life. It's like I am so humbled and grateful for all that God has done for me. First John chapter 3 verse 1. So here is our outlook for 2019 for all of us. 
see what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called the children of God. And that is what we are. That is what we are. We are the children of God, that we know that we have the love of God, that regardless what comes my way in 2019, I have God's love in me. That I can deal with any situation that comes my way in 2019. Why? Because God loves me and I am his child. And then also that love can flow through me to somebody else. He has lavished his love upon me. So much so that I can just live a life of love. Let's receive communion together this morning. If you are visiting with us today and you are a Christ follower, we invite you uh, to receive communion with us. You don't have to feel pressure to do so. If you're visiting with us and this seems like a strange thing, you don't have to feel pressured to receive communion anyway. But if you want to receive communion, the elements are there in front of us. Now, what are these elements that we were holding? This is a cracker and juice. And these are a physical reminder of a spiritual truth. There's nothing special about this cracker and this juice. It is just a cracker and it's juice. But what it is a reminder of, it's a reminder of God's love for us. We're supposed to forget 2018, but we're supposed to remember that Jesus died for us. Luke chapter 22, let's see what Jesus says about what we're doing right now. He says that he took bread, gave thanks and broke it. And he gave it to them saying, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So what we're supposed to remember as we move into 2019 is that our life is centered around God. Like Paul said, I'm this and I'm this and I'm this and here's my resume. But all of that is all garbage for the sake of Christ. That we center our lives on Jesus. Second part says, in the same way after the supper, he took the cup saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. This is a new covenant. This is the new covenant where we can be exposed to the glory and the goodness and the presence of God. And we don't have to be ashamed. If we didn't keep all the laws, if we didn't keep all the rules, the righteousness doesn't come from us anyway. It comes from God. The first thing, the wafer, the cracker, that if you just hold it in your hand, that this reminds us, scripture tells us in Isaiah chapter 53, that by his stripes, we are healed. And the word stripes just means because he took lashes on his back. It looked like stripes. It was blood. In other words, his body was broken so ours could be healed. And as we move into 2019, we remind ourselves, we remember that Jesus' body was broken for us, that God's power is bigger than any sickness and disease that we face. Second part of this idea is that Jesus talks about he healed the brokenhearted. See, God's the only one that can heal human hearts. See, we go through sometimes things in life and, it, and it's like a blow to our emotions. And sometimes we would have preferred somebody to punch us. The physical pain would have been easier to get over than the emotional pain. 
See, but God heals broken hearts. And this reminds us of that truth. Let's just pray this morning. God, we remember today about Jesus. We remember that he came, that he died on the cross for us, that he took stripes on his back so that we could receive healing power. So right now, God, if we're facing any sickness or disease here today, we receive from you your healing power, your healing grace. We thank you, Lord, that your power is greater than anything that's going on negative in my body. That Jesus' name is above every name. So we thank you, Lord, for your healing power working in our bodies. God, I just pray for anyone in here today who's suffering from a broken heart. Had a difficult time in 2018. Something happened, some disappointment, some broken relationship. God, we pray that you reach down on the inside of them and you heal their emotions. That even though that person doesn't love them anymore, that you do eternally. And that your love is unconditional. That your love is always there. So we receive your love today, Lord, that we let it heal our heart. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Let's eat together. The second part with the cup. The scripture says, without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sins. And the big part of what we remember at communion is about God's forgiveness. Are you thankful for God's forgiveness today? We should be. We should be because we would be lost without it. That God forgives us of our sins washes them away and not only is this uh, something that is supposed to remind us about what God does for us it is actually a teaching about how to live see one of the things that could come with us from 2018 to 2019 that shouldn't is unforgiveness something could have happened in 2018 and you're really mad at somebody or did somebody did something and you're offended or, or you're feeling sort of bitterness about what happened in your life and then See, we can carry these things through, but we should not be carrying through unforgiveness. It's not worth carrying. That communion reminds us that forgiveness is better. That forgiveness is not only something that God gives, but that we should give it to others. So we don't carry that heaviness with us past New Year, that we let it go this morning. So let's just pray. God, we are so thankful for Jesus today. We are so thankful, Lord, for your forgiveness, that you forgive us our sins, that you wash our sins away, that you wash our past away. Lord, we receive your forgiveness today. We are so grateful for your forgiveness, that you are not holding our past against us, that you call us your children We're so thankful, Lord, that we can have a relationship with you because of Jesus' shed blood. But then, God, also today, we make a choice to forgive. Even though our our feelings don't always feel like it, Lord, we choose to forgive today. We choose to leave the past in the past. We choose not to be offended. We choose not to be bitter. We choose not to be unforgiving. 
with the same love, Lord, that you are loving us, we choose to love those that hurt us. We forget the past, Lord. We thank you for your goodness. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's drink together. Thanks for listening. If you need prayer or would like to share how this message has impacted you, please email info at thecitychurch.ca.